I just keep looking over at Gabe Sue and I'm like, this is your moment to shine. This is your moment to share your passion for Star Trek. <laughs> Anyways, um, I chose the right one, which is super, like Wonder Woman. I mean, who else is there, right? The best superhero movie like to ever come out. Maybe disputable, but I don't think so. Anyways, um, welcome, you guys. It's so good to see you guys. It's so good to be here in our home together. And yes, woo, you can cheer. That's so great. Um, week two, and I know a lot of us weren't able to be there the first week, so it's like some of us, this is our first time seeing it. So welcome. We're so glad you're here. Um, if I haven't met you, uh, my name's Natalie. I work here. And <laughs> um, it's just been such an honor for me to be able to just be on this journey with all of you, really. I'm like just kind of overwhelmed in this moment, just looking around and seeing so many of you who've been here from like the very beginning and who've come along the way that we've just gotten to walk with you and journey with you. Um, so yeah, I, I know sappy moment wasn't really on script, but just feeling it, <laughs> just feeling the love. <laughs> um, so for those of you guys who are just joining us maybe for the first time in this series, we started a series called Picture This um, a few weeks ago. And really the whole reasoning for that is because we wanted to come back to what our values are as a church and what we believe God has called us to be as the church. And so we've been taking a look at the early church, um, specifically in the book of Acts and how the early church kind of started out and the things that they did and the things that we want to emulate. And so we've been focusing on a characteristic of the early church and each week. And so this week, um, Taka asked me to speak on being all in and to be honest with you, when he said that, I was like, I'm too tired to talk about being all in. I don't know about you, but as soon as I hear that phrase, I'm just like, if what, someone asks me to do one more thing, I just am going to fall asleep like immediately. I'm sure some of you guys feel that, especially the parents in this room. You're like, you're going to ask me to be all in. What? I, I'm already all in. I have none left. And so um, I just want to, like, encourage you that, um, at, you know, even as I went to, like, pray about this, I was like, okay, Lord, like, he's asking me to preach about being all in. And I just felt like a peace come over me from the Lord. And I was like, you know what, just give everyone a little bit of relief because um, we're not going to be talking about how you can add more onto, the, onto everyone's plate. Okay, so we'll, we'll jump into that in a minute. But um, I was like, it's such an ironic week to be talking about this because um, this was a totally nuts week, actually like month, and um, I've had like this much time to do extra things, and um, obviously we've been like getting ready to move into the building and doing renovations, and it's also finals um, week for my um, school, so some of you know I've been trying to get my master's degree, and so it's finals week, and this teacher like loves giving us like long paper assignments and so I'm like okay I've got three papers and a sermon to preach this week and on top of that last week after like we literally like we're just like okay we're in the building we're done church is over running out the door getting on a plane and going to trainings in Orlando for the week and so we were supposed to be back on Friday so um all week you know we were obviously in trainings all day long I have like, you know, a little bit of time at the end of the day to try to like write my papers, working on the sermon and everything. Yeah, no, 
it wasn't happening because how many of you know that jet lag feeling of being three hours behind <laughs> or actually ahead, three hours ahead. And so I'm like falling asleep halfway through the day because I've been waking up at what was like our 4 a.m. So totally exhausted. We get to the end of the week. It's our time to come home. And our flight was delayed and then delayed and delayed and then canceled. So we were supposed to be back on Friday. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, so we finally, we rescheduled, we got a flight yesterday, and again, it was delayed and delayed and delayed, and then we almost, we actually had to um, call all of our elders yesterday afternoon and tell them, um, get ready to preach and run the service without us because there's no way we're going to make our flight because our, our, this flight has been delayed so much. And so Raphael, bless his heart, he was like ready to preach a sermon today <laughs> with like an hour of preparation time. Um, but somehow we made it. We made our connection. And, but it was like literally our, our flight ended up, the second flight got delayed. And so we were able to literally sprint out of the other plane onto the other plane as the last people on the plane and we made it. Thank you, Jesus. We got in at like 11 o'clock last night, 11.45 last night, and <laughs> um, just totally like exhausted. But the funniest thing about that was that um, the plane landing was like so like bad, so like obnoxious that <laughs> the plane actually registered it as a water landing. <laughs> so the water slide came out <laughs> of the side of the plane. So we're like sitting on the plane like watching the poor flight attendants they're like in their skirts like on the ground like trying to pull the slide up oh my gosh it was hilarious I was sad that they pulled it in so I was like I mean this is a once in a lifetime moment can we please go down the slide but apparently that's not safe to do on the co on the concrete so we didn't get to <laughs> anyways we're here thank you Jesus we're here we made it um, and um, talking about feeling all in, I'm like, whew, I don't know if I have anything else I have to like, add into this moment. But um, the Lord was so good. Um, as I mentioned, like we were in trainings from the beginning of the day to the end of the night. And I'm trying to write this sermon this week. And I'm like having little 30-minute chunks here and there, just not really very cohesive thoughts. But wouldn't you know what the conference was on? It's the book of Acts. And so uh, I got a ton of great information. I'm going to share a bunch of it with you today. And I'm like, thank you, everybody else, for helping me prep my sermon this week. The Lord sees and he knows. So when you're all in with him, uh, he takes care of the details. And not only that, I mean, it should have been a really terrible time that our flight got canceled. But the cool thing is because we, um, you know, res reserved our flights with our business card, the business card was like, $500 for each of you to go and do whatever you need to do to stay there another night. So we're like, Psh, we're going to Disney. So we stayed at um, the Disneyland Hotel, like, or not Disneyland, Disney World Hotel. Um, and we had, like, really nice dinner and everything on the, on the credit card for whatever. We're reimbursed. It's free. It was free. So, um, but that actually gave me some time to sit down and prep. And so I'm like, you know what? When you put all your energy and your hope in the Lord, he sees and he takes care of it. Even when you don't have anything else to give, when you're already, already spent, he's like, I got you. It's all good. And that's really what I want to um, talk to you about today because 
Um, when I say the, world, the words all in, I don't mean do everything. I want to I lighten the load for you today and say that being all in with God means letting all of your power in your person be in Christ and letting him take care of all the details of the rest of it. Because when we put everything in him, when we, when we risk everything and we lay it all in his hands, he says, I got it. You don't have to have it. I got it. And so this weekend should not have worked out. We shouldn't be here. But he had it. I shouldn't be standing here right now. I shouldn't even have any words to say to you right now, actually. But he had it. And so it's all good. And so that's what I want to encourage you today is that leaning all the way into God and relying on him alone from the center of your being is what it means to be all in. Um, and I would even say, like, be a little bit, like, needy with God. <laughs> and I, I don't know about you, but um, when, I, like, when I felt God saying, like, tell him to be needy, I was like, okay, <laughs> like, that's the opposite advice that I give to people. Don't be needy in your relationships, okay, with people. Because clearly people are not going to fulfill those. And you're, you're going to give off creep vibes from day one. But, like, God is saying, you know what, I want you to be needy. I want you to put every desire in, in, in my hands. I want you to put every worry into my hands. I want all of your worries, your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, put it in my hands. I have it. I, I have, I'm going to take care of you. And he want, that's hard for our self-reliant kind of culture, right? Because I was raised, I don't know about you, but I was raised to be like a strong, independent woman, you know, singing Beyonce songs with my girlfriends, Writing, you know, driving down the streets and just being like, I got this. Um, I'm, I'm an independent woman. I can work hard. I can pay my bills. <laughs> and God's like, just work hard, yes. But when there are things that you can't handle, give it over to me, and I'll take care of you. So I'm suggesting that as you give your all, replenish yourself needily, and the source that doesn't run dry. And I love that Jesus calls himself living water. And the reason for that is because we have to have water. Like if we don't have water every single day, like we literally die, right? <laughs> our bodies are just like, I'm done. It's it. And it's the same way with our spirit. It's the same way with our soul and our energy and everything. We need that living water every single day and I know some of us are so tired and I think sometimes it's because we look to ourselves to be so strong and so independent and God's like you don't have to do that I want to carry those burdens for you if you would just let me so I'd like to say that some of us are really just too busy not to take time to refill with God you wouldn't go a day without water so I encourage us, don't go a day without talking to God. Don't go a day without leaving things at his feet. So whenever we look to ourselves, we end up finding our limits. But with God, there's this never-ending supply of living water that he wants to pour out on you as your source for all you do and all you say. In John 4.10, 4, it says, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, this is, this is Jesus, by the way, speaking to the woman at the well who went to go draw water out of the well. He said, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, 
you would ask me for water, and I would give you living water. Living water. And then just a couple verses later, he says, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And then in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, it says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So Jesus wants to be our, our lives to be centered in him and on him, not as an addition to our life, but flowing from him. And that's the difference between, I'm going to just talk about for a moment, let's talk about gas because it's hurting my soul and it's drying, it's, it's, it's drying my bank account well dry. And so um, anyways, uh, it's kind of the difference between trying to live with a gas can that you carry around that's like just one gallon. You have about enough of one gallon, just pretend, of your own energy per day. And guess what? That's going to run out, some of you, like halfway through your commute, right? But when we're living with God, we're like plugged into the source, which means that it's that never-ending flowing amount of energy and source that we get with God. And it's free. It's free. We don't have to pay for that, right? That stuff is expensive. But imagine trying to fill up your car one gallon at a time. You just wouldn't get very far. Do you just feel that in your soul? Because I feel that in my soul. Sometimes trying to use my own energy to get where I'm trying to go and to do what I'm trying to do. And then I get to the end of myself really fast. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just can't do things. And that's when we have these things called breakdowns, right? Have you ever had a breakdown? I'm not going to lie. I've had a breakdown. Um, Burnout right, or a blow-up in your family, and you've reached the end of yourself. But when we're, you know, when we've run dry, when we get to the end of ourselves, what happens is your engine burns up, right? In an actual car, your engine actually burns up, and then you have to replace your engine. And it's the same thing in our life. When, we're, when we run ourselves dry and we just go to the end of ourselves, that's what happens. We get a, a breakdown or a burnout, and then we have to do repair because then other, we've, we've broken stuff with other people. <laughs> we've broken stuff in ourselves. It's a mess. That's why we need to constantly be refilling. And sometimes we try to refill with temporary cheap fixes that in the moment feel really nice. It's like, oh, I'm just going to do some self-care. I'm going to take a bath, which is great. I love baths. But a bath isn't going to, like, help you to not blow up on your kids. It's going to help you relax for a minute and detach, which is great. But the source of living water is going to help give you the actual patience. It's one of the fruits of his spirit that flows into us when we connect with him. The fruits of his spirit are things we can't just conjure up on on our own. It's stuff that he gives us as a gift when we connect and we stay connected to him. So, I mean... You guys can list those off with me maybe, but it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, gentleness, faithfulness, right? Those are the things that God wants to pour into us 
when we come to the end of ourselves, that's what comes out. But some of us are putting in things that are almost the equivalent of dirty water into ourselves, those cheap fixes. And when you put that stuff into the mix of your gas, you have big problems because that doesn't end up fixing what you need, which is gas. You need the fuel. And so we, we need to stop trying to put the wrong things in our tank and instead choose to make time for Jesus. So many times that we just, um, I think so many times we just want to do it our way, honestly. <laughs> we just want to do it our way. How many of you guys watch Funk Weekly? I probably shouldn't even say that I watched that, but I do. Um, a long time ago, there was this, like, skit on Mad TV, and there was this girl named Funk Weekly, and she'd say, you can have it your way, but don't get crazy, right? <laughs> have you seen this? Am I the only one? Nobody? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> we want to have it our way, like at Burger King, right? We want to customize our faith, and we want to make it how we want it to be, and we want it to be a little addition, and we want to pick a little of this and pick a little of that, and, and we think that we're going to, you know, things are going to go great, and it's going to be awesome, and we can do things the way we want. But here's the thing about it is that, Yes, we're in charge of our own lives, and we get to make our own choices, obviously. Like, Jesus gives us free will to do all those things. But in Christ, what he calls us to do is actually the opposite of what our world will tell us to do, which is have it your way, do it your way, you do you. And that will get you so far until you realize that things are not going to work out the way that you hoped, right? Christ calls us to do the opposite of what our flesh wants to do. His calling for us is actually to take up our crosses and die to ourselves. That sounds so extreme, right? It's like take up your cross and die to yourself. <laughs> but it says in Romans 8.13, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And so Jesus is offering us an alternative to living for us, just for us doing us. He's saying, if you walk with me and you keep in step with me and you put aside the fleshly desires to get these cheap needs met, to do you and only you, right? He's saying, lay down your life, put it at my feet, and I will give you everything you need to live, to truly, truly live. Some of us are just walking through life, hoping that we can make it day to day. No purpose, no meaning. And God's like, bring your life to me. I have something awesome for you on the other side. It's energy. It's life. It's the fruits of the spirit. It's the person you want to be. It's a purpose. You're not just here for an accident. If you're breathing, God put you here because he has a reason for you to be here. And he wants to give that to you. He wants you to live a life of meaning. And it sounds awful to like, oh, my gosh, I have to give up everything. No, you don't have to give up everything you like. He created you with certain desires, and, and that's good, okay? You, you can live a fun life. Have fun, okay? I'm not telling you don't have fun. Actually, I think that when we live in Christ, we end up having way more fun because we're not dealing with the drama of all the other stuff we were doing before that created problems that we don't really want to have, 
And so when we're living in Christ, we actually are called to do really crazy adventures, right? Sometimes he's like, I'm going to send you across the other side of the planet, and I'm going to have you do things you never thought you were going to do. And I'm going to have you help people you never thought you were going to help. And I'm going to have you meet friends you never thought you were going to make. And I'm going to actually push you to do things that are miraculous. Things you can't explain. Excitement in our life that we can never have just living for ourselves. Because after we get to the end of our lives and we've just lived for ourselves, there's nothing left. And so Jesus says, what feels like dying to ourselves actually brings us true life. So what does it look like when we have had a customized faith life? So kind of looks like this. I'm going to, one, I'm going to form my opinion based off whatever feels right to me in the moment rather than checking in with God first and saying, God, what do you say? What does your word say? Um, how, how we treat our family, how we make our decisions in life, um, how we treat other people. Are we, are we deciding those things based on what God's word says or just however we feel in the moment? Because I'm telling you that my feelings lie to me quite often. <laughs> they don't tell us the truth. And I'm not saying that we should ignore our feelings because they are indicators. I believe in that. Feelings are indications of things that are going on in our hearts that we need to deal with. But they should not be your guide of truth. They're indicators. They're not guides. They're indicators. So just remind that. The next one is um, ignoring little prompts from the spirit and choosing the, last, uh, the path of least resistance. Um, so sometimes it's just like little prompts from the spirit are like, you know what? I'm just going to pick up those socks that my spouse left over there <laughs> instead of being like, why didn't you pick up those socks, right? Jake, you know what? I'm just going to pick them up because I'm going to choose the path of least or the path of resistance. I'm going to choose the path of resistance, <laughs> not least resistance. But don't ignore those little prompts from spirit. The next one is some is putting it off until it's more convenient. And I don't know about you, but um, as a teenager, I <laughs> used to, I always used to be like, God, I'll get totally serious about you after my senior prom. I just really want to go to prom. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys ever made these little, like, deals with God. It's like, I'll make a deal with you. I'll do this after I do this really fun thing. <laughs> um, right? But the thing is, like, don't you want God in on that stuff, right? Like, don't you want God in on the, like, you're, like, choosing your spouse? Because it's like, I, I always used to be like, okay, maybe I'll follow you fully after I get married, or maybe I'll follow you after I get a, a, a kid or whatever. And it's like, don't you really want his help, like, before that, right? Like, don't you think you want his help, like, finding a spouse? Because he knows who's out there. He He's going to help you, lead you to the right person. Don't you want help, like, learning to, like, what kind of job? is the best job for you. Like his Holy Spirit, we get Holy Spirit hook up connections with the job world. I'm telling you, he has led me to some places that I can't not even, I would have never even put together. He's given me opportunities I would have never put in together on my own. It was only through him. Wouldn't you want that? I, so what are we waiting for? Sometimes I think we just think like, oh, I'll get to that thing. I'll get to that thing before I get all in. And God's like, 
don't you want my help? I'm here for you, <laughs> right? So God is not trying to be your crutch. He's trying to be the entire ground that you walk on. We were called to put our full weight on him, but the problem is that when we're halfway in, we're not all the way in, it doesn't really work. We're not created to function that way. And I, when I was like praying about this, um, <laughs> I felt like God gave me this really funny analogy of like riding a bike. And how, how can you ride a bike if you're getting on the bike and you only put half of your weight on the pedals? You only have one foot going around. Try to ride a bike with one foot, half of your weight. I guarantee you it's going to be so awkward and very painful, right? If you want the power of the bike, you got to get your whole weight on it. You got to get all the way on it, and you got to pedal with everything that you have. You have to use both feet. It doesn't work. If you only use one, you end up in a mess. <laughs> so that's the same way with our relationship with God. You have to put your full weight into him, trusting him with our very lives. So when we look at the Acts community, they were all in. I'm finally getting around to the Acts community after all of that, right? Um, but for them, there was no compromise. It was all or nothing. And some of them even gave their lives to further the gospel. They did it willingly because they knew. They knew what they had received when they received the Holy Spirit. And they were like, everyone in my life has got to know this. And so they ended up risking their lives. Stephen was killed. But in the end, they did it because they knew that God's heart is clear, that people matter. You matter. And people in your life matter to him. And he needs us to be all in to make sure that everyone gets the message. Jesus said, when, follow me. And they literally dropped, like, literally everything. Families, jobs, houses, everything to follow him. So, um, oh, I already said that verse. I'm not going to say it again. So why did they do this? Why would they go, well, go all in for a man they barely knew? And why would you go all in for a man that lived 2,000 years ago? Why would you do that? So um, I mentioned earlier this week that, uh, er, that earlier this week we were at a training and we were talking about the book of Acts and what we've been talking about in this whole thing. And um, the way that, I, actually this message was preached this week by a girl named Danielle Strickland and it totally changed the way that I saw the Acts church. And I hope it changes the way that, that you see God and why these people went all in and why we should go all in. But it starts with Acts 1.8. And this is the part where Jesus is telling them to wait for the Holy Spirit. And here's what it says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And then in about a uh, chapter later, yeah, one chapter later, it says on the day of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost is just referred to the day when the Holy Spirit came for the first time to the believers. And this is what it says. All of the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. 
Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. And how can this be? They, ex they exclaimed. These are people from, or these people are all from Galilee, and yet what we're hearing them speaking is in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Ju Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. <sighs> all of those names. I think I pronounced them. I hope. <laughs> I really apologize if someone here knows the correct pronunciation and I said it wrong. So, um, but what's apparent from all of this? Why did they say all that? Why did they take the time to go into all of these different places? Why, why did they list all of those places? Well, here's why it matters. And I, didn't, I, I totally missed this um, every time I've read it before. But the reason it matters is because they were all, um, they were all um, areas that had been conquered by Rome. And so we're kind of seeing this play out right now actually in front of us with Ukraine where Russia is just deciding they want Ukraine. And so they're coming in, and they're taking over, and they want everyone to adjust to the Russian way of life. They want to put a puppet president in place so that, um, you know, they'll do what Russia wants them to do. So this is what Rome had done. They are coming in, putting in puppet governments. They're taking over the lands. Everyone has to now speak one language. They have to forsake their own language, their own culture, and they need to become Roman citizens. That is what was happening here. And so you have all these people who are gathered into one place, all these people who were oppressed people. And they were not allowed to express who they truly were. They were not allowed to express their own language. So when someone came out of the room and started speaking their language, this was kind of like a revolt, right? Because they weren't supposed to be doing it. But two, this was a true miracle of God because these people spoke another language on top of all that. They didn't speak their language. So when they came out and they started speaking these miracles of God directly to these people in their language, in their words that made sense in their customs to them, the first, I love that the first miracle that took place with the Holy Spirit was speaking to people in their heart language. It didn't sound like the person next to them or the person on that side of them. It sounded like their heart language. And that's the most beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit and what he does with us, is that when we let him in, he speaks our heart language because he knows what we are going through. He knows what we have seen. We know, he knows all the things that we're struggling with. He knows everything. He knows our heart language. And that's how he speaks to us. 
and he would go across the world and he would have a stranger and anyone that would listen and obey come to you to tell you how much he loves you and how far he would go for you. And I love that the person that wasn't highlighted in, the, in this story was not the emperor. I told you, I didn't even like put two and two together that the emperor had been oppressing them in this way. I didn't even think about it. But the, um, the reason that I don't hear about the emperor is because the person who shines in this moment is God. And he's saying, no power on earth is greater than me. No situation on this earth is bigger than me. I have the power to speak right to your heart language and come through for you right where you are. Whatever you're going through, I have it. If you'll just go all in for me. And the reason that the, the disciples and those 120 believers were filled with the Holy Spirit is because they waited. They simply waited. And they believed and they, they asked God to come and to fill them. So what does it say about the heart of God? It's that he sees you. So God is willing and ready to pour out his spirit on all of those who love him to do great works for him. And when we're aware of the goodness of God and that he fights for us and that he sees us and that he speaks our heart language and that he wants to empower us, for every single situation in our lives that he intends to give you living water to fill you up, meaning that when you go to him as your source, nothing in this world is too big or too small, and you never have to thirst for another thing. He'll provide every need that you have. Why wouldn't you want to be all in for that? I'm all in for that. 2 Peter 1.3 says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So my question for you is, are you willing to trust Jesus enough to follow him even when it doesn't make sense and when he's going to have to follow through for you to make it work? Some of you have impossible situations. And it's really hard to just hand it over to God. It's like, you don't know how hard this thing is. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know how heavy this is. You don't know. I don't know. But that's what I know about God is that he deals in impossibilities. He deals in miracles. He deals in things that we can't control. But he can he is the greatest power on this earth. So tangibly, how do we go all in? Just These are just some very practical things, but tangibly, time. We give him our time. First thing in the morning, before we pick up our phone and we scroll Instagram, we just take a moment and we just, whether whatever works for you. Get on your knees if that helps you. Um, just stand up or go to your favorite chair in the morning and just say, okay, God. Maybe you don't have any other words, but you just say, okay, today I'm all in. Do what you want to do today, Lord. I'm choosing to say yes. Here I am. Speak to me. I choose to say yes. The next one is in our person and our character. 
choosing that when we leave this place, we're going to be the same person here as we are in our homes, as we are in our Instagram page, as we are in our office, as we are wherever we go. We're going to be the person who's just as passionate, right, when we leave this place as we are out there. Not only that, but we're willing to grow. We're willing to hear what he has to say to us. And if he needs to readjust things in our life, we say, okay, I'm all in. I'm not going to try to customize my faith. I'm all in. All in with you. That same thing goes for our decisions. That we go to him when we have big decisions. And we wait, just like the believer said, we wait for him to speak because we trust and believe that he will. We wait for him. We don't need to rush into anything. Actually, anytime you rush into decisions, actually, usually, that's the worst decisions, right? But we wait on him. And the last thing is that we give him our passion. Be like a CrossFitter, right? Everyone knows a CrossFitter. Because they're passionate about CrossFit. I'm married to one. Trust me. I know exactly how many push-ups, sit-ups, and upside down handstands and things whatever flying over airplanes they did that day (laughs) but do people know that you're passionate about God are you just as passionate about God does it come out of you in every conversation the way that it comes out of a crossfitter in every conversation if we're into God if we're all in for God going to come out. It should come out in every single way of our life. So in closing, I just want us to take time to listen, to wait on God today, and to speak to us in our heart language, because I think some of us really need to hear from God today about different situations in our life. And I believe God's ready and willing to speak to you. And I believe that God wants to fill some of you with his Holy Spirit as you fully surrender. Maybe some of you have never fully surrendered to God. And so today you can take the moment and just say, God, I'm all in. I fully surrender. Will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? I want to be connected to the living water that never runs out, that is there for me in every situation, giving me power, giving me wisdom, everything I need for life. And some of us just need to be a little bit more needy. Some of us are exhausted. And I just want you to take this time and just chill. (laughs) Just chill with God and let him fill you up. Just lay down every burden. Take the moment. Take the time and just be needy. God, I need you. I don't even have the words. Will you fill me? Will you give me the energy that I don't have? Will you fill me? God wants to lift your burdens today. So maybe some of us have never actually let God in at all, and maybe that's what you need to do today, is say, God, I'm here, and I'm ready. I'm in. I'm going to try this thing, right? So today, as we take time to listen, would you just ask God, one, to speak your heart language to you? Two, to maybe ask you what might be crowding out? the ability for the Holy Spirit to work? Are you any kind of things that you might be putting in your tank that are sabotaging that flow in your life? And the next thing is, what would it look like for you to go all in? Because what it looks like for you looks different than what it looks like for me. 
So what would it look like for you to go all in? So, and I would ask just today that you don't wait to have this conversation with God, that you don't have the normal let's sing our last song and then go home thing, but to take the time and to wait on God. Our worship team has now, we're not on tracks anymore, which means that we can stay here. We don't have to tear down things, so you can stay here. And you can wait in the presence of God until he speaks to you in your heart language. Sometimes it's an audible voice. Sometimes it's just rest. He wants to meet with you today. So today I encourage you to stay and wait in the presence of God. And let him fill you as you go all in.